Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss mental illness. It's by a sufferer, for sufferers, and for the people that are looking to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. G'day, this is Mark from Shattered the Podcast, glad to be with you today. We've got a little bit of a series happening at the moment, just because a few issues have been thrown out uh, at the moment that people seem to be struggling with a lot more. It's going to be a four-part series, you can get it all in one hit if you want it, Uh, but it's going to be, will I ever be happy, when will this end, Why do I feel like this and how can I change? It's a four-part series. As I said, I'm going to release it in one big large block if you want to listen to it all the way through. So today, we're going to start with, will I ever be happy? Now, this is a difficult one because the default setting of life, (laughs) and this is such a cheery way to start, is misery. That's what happens if you don't receive love, education, uh, structure, family, all the things that go into making us a healthy, happy person are added extras. During the war, German scientists did a study, I don't know if it's true, but they had two lots of babies, one they hugged, one they didn't, Uh, the nurses were instructed to do the minimal amount of care the others were given hugs it was disproportionately that the kids that got the attention and the love were much better off than the kids that didn't i'm not going to use german scientists from world war ii as my metric here but it's a basic human principle i've seen it in real life Working with people with disabilities, you can see the kids that grew up in a loving home with attention, with parents that were thoughtful, that tried to include them, were always so much better adjusted than the parents that kind of did the bare minimum. And you could tell the kids quite easily. So the sad and miserable fact of life is that happiness is not a guarantee. It is, however, I believe, not a destination either. Because these people that talk about be happy and everything, I don't know what drugs they're on. I would like to try some. Because if I could be happy in everything, life would be sweet. How can I be happy when I can barely pay my rent? How can I be happy when I'm a drain on all my family? How can I be happy if... I can never contribute or be part of society. How can I be happy if I can't even have friends? These are all very, very valid questions that you're going through. And like all this stuff, there is no fast answer. There's no blanket answer. I could give you a thousand ways to try and make you happy. Maybe two of them would work. And what makes me happy might not make you happy. So let me talk about happiness. When I got hurt, I felt that there was no happiness in the world at all. I would see people being happy, living a happy life, and it's not that I thought that I wasn't able to have it, it's that I couldn't, that I was unable to feel happiness. Now, the thing about mental illness is it doesn't just affect your todays. Your todays are bad enough. 
it doesn't just affect your future, your tomorrows, because you don't have a tomorrow. But it also corrupts your memories. It takes those past experiences and it shows them through the lens like a kaleidoscope of your pain and that pain is then reflected onto all of those memories. So you'll be talking to somebody with a mental illness and you'll say, remember when we did this and it was great and and it was before they got hurt, but they can't get the same amount of joy out of it that you would expect. Hang on, mate, that was a really great time. The person with a mental illness is going, was it really? Was it really? They'll find ways for their mental illness to corrupt that memory and turn it into something that it was not. And what it also does is it also magnifies the errors that you made. So you might be sitting there thinking about a great time that you had in school. Me, I think about the times that I failed abysmally. And when somebody comes up with something good, a friend of mine came up to me a few years ago now. I hadn't seen them since school. And they came up to me and they said, I'll never forget when you said this thing to me. I don't think I'll ever be able to get past it. I didn't know what I'd said, but my mind immediately was worried about what I had said and I stressed over it. So when I saw this person the next time, I had this huge apology Look, when I was young, I was brash, I was anxious, I might have had something wrong with me, I was on drugs, I was anything to come up with a way to just apologize to this person for whatever it is that I said to them that they could never get past. And they said, no, no, Mark, you don't understand. What you said changed my life in a positive way. And then they went on to express how this little thing that I had said had set them on this path that had been really good and successful for them. And they can equate that to that time, that conversation. They, it, It's a pivotal conversation in their memory. Now, for me, I still honestly don't remember that conversation. Memory loss, big part of uh, having a mental illness, big part of destroying your past. You don't remember a lot of things just because you can't. You're just too consumed. It's like your mind is so full of stuff that when you go back and you think about things, think about things that happen, you think about your illness, not the reality of the situation. So I don't think about what I was doing and the things that I did. I was thinking about who I was with, how I was affecting them, what I was going through at that period. So let's get back to, will I ever be happy? And the basic thing is that even though the default of life is misery, if you aren't loved, if you aren't nurtured, if you aren't cared for, if you don't have connections, you can't be happy. And that's the thing with people with mental illness. We isolate. We hide away from people because we don't like what we see. So we don't want you to see it. And we can't imagine why you would want to see it. And then we've got the thing of we don't feel good enough about ourselves to think that we could ever have a positive influence on anybody. So it's much easier to just hide away, to distance yourself. You're going to hurt people anyway. You may as well make a preemptive strike and just not hang out with them because it's the way it's going to end up anyway. Now, of course, this is a lie. And the whole idea that you can't be happy is a lie. Now, my wife works really hard with me on trying to find moments 
or identifying moments when I am free of the struggle of mental illness. And they are very few and far between. But the thing is, they've gotten more and more common the more that I have tried to get better. And that is the key for you to finding happiness. You must pursue health. Now, my unattainable goal, I think of it like a never-ending marathon. But It seems like some people sprint to the finish line. They have a great life. They're popular. They're, they've got family. They have a 50th birthday and 700 people show up. They they have all these things and, and they're, they're spectacular and they're brilliant and everything seems to go right for them. And then they just die in the arms of the person that they love and their life has been a magical sprint which has just gone from success to success. Me, I see life as a marathon that... I'm basically doing on my hands and knees. I think about a story about an Australian digger in World War II. He was fighting on a, in a battle on the Kokoda track. And please forgive me, I cannot remember his name at the moment. He was wounded in his legs. He could not walk. Now, if you know anything about the Kokoda track, you know that we talk about the Fuzzy Wuzzy Angels, the natives, the Papuan natives who were at times conscripted, wasn't pretty, to carry the wounded, but who many of them were paid and chose to help carry our wounded. Well, this man knew that to get a guy from the battlefield back to Port Moresby was a matter of only... 10 or 11 miles, but it was more like 50 miles when you look at the ups and downs. As a, There was no way he was going to be able to, to make that distance, let alone going up and down these heights, particularly when it took eight people to bring one stretcher down because you had to have one on each corner and then you had to have four backups because the guys would get tired. And if they didn't have that many, the stretcher would never get back. Well, what this gentleman did is he didn't want his mates and the fuzzy, wuzzy angels to go through this with him. So he crawled on his hands and knees. And I think of this guy when I think about being sad. He could have stopped at any time. There was no way that he could have walked, but he pressed on. He did what he could. And the fact is, when you delve deeper into the story, it would have been a huge burden on his friends for them to carry him. But what he did is he carried as much as he could. And I see this as my job as a person with a mental illness. I carry what I can and what I can't carry, I don't worry about. If I can't carry it, if I'm unable to, I don't punish myself for it. I don't say I'm a terrible person because another person would be able to do this or pre-injury I could have been able to do this. What does this mean about happiness? I believe that happiness ties into our efforts to achieve it. Now, I want to explain this because this is it's a hard concept. If you have a mental illness and you don't go to a psych, you don't go to a GP, you don't take your medication, you don't do anything that you need to do to get better, I don't believe that there is any way that you can be happy without taking kind of artificial stimulants because you're not doing anything. 
Now let's go back to this soldier on the Kokoda track. He knew that he had to get to a certain place to get help. He knew that it would be extremely hard, if not impossible, for his mates to carry him. So what did he do? He did what he could. And it cannot have been a fun journey. I mean, there's, there's guys that are 18, 19, fit as you like, who are absolutely wrecked by that track. And here is a man that's doing it on his hands and knees. That's what we need to be doing. You cannot just sit and stop and expect that you're going to get happy. You need to go and do the things that you need to do to work through your mental illness. It's like a dry, drowning man. You're never going to be able to take a breath of fresh air unless you push your head above water. And that's what we need to do. That's what therapy is allowing us to do. It's allowing us to put our heads above water long enough that we can take a breath and then we want it to get more and more so that you you're able to feel the bottom you're standing on your tippy toes you can just stick your your nose out okay it's up to your chest you can stand you're comfortable you're aware of the illness it's this space it's this capacity to work towards a place of wellness that allows us to achieve happiness if you're sitting there, if you're struggling, if you're thinking this seems like it has gone on forever, it has not. It feels like it. And this again, I come back to this time and time again. Don't let the lies your mind is telling you rule your life. Yeah. What could this guy have done on the track? He could have just stopped. He could have said, you know what? I'm just going to let my mates carry me. I don't know, would he have carried guilt for the rest of his life? Would he have been able to move past the fact that he let his mates carry him? I don't know what was going on in his head. But I know that whatever happened to this man, he knew that he did what he could to the best of his ability. That's what we as people with mental illness need to do. You need to find that thing that allows you to put your head above water that isn't a chemical. Now, I'm not saying don't take drugs. I take a lot of drugs prescribed by my doctors, my psychologists, and most importantly, my psychiatrists. And those drugs aren't supposed to fix me. They're supposed to help me get to a point where my head is above water and I can breathe long enough to take things in. My wife is a big one on finding moments of joy, moments of clarity, moments of peace. And I encourage you, if you can, if you're just standing there and you're laughing with your kids, if you've got kids, you're laughing with your friends, you have a spontaneous moment where for a moment you feel happy, grab onto it, acknowledge it. Say, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. As I said, there's no magic bullet for this one. I wish that there was. But you will not, you cannot be happy if you aren't working on your mental illness and doing the things that you need to do to get as good as you can. Part two coming up just around the corner. We're going to talk about when will this end. Oh, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. 
go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information. Bound